0: Get ready! Hello and welcome to College Talk. My name is Beth Brandon, and today we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, college stuff. Um, today I'm not alone. You don't just have to listen to my voice. You also get to meet Stephanie Domzik. Stephanie is a past college advisor. Uh, She did college advising for two years in the Detroit metro area. And she is currently in grad school to become a school counselor. So she's actually re-going through training that she did for two summers in a row right now in grad school. So she's incredibly well versed in uh, the college going process and and all that fun advising stuff. Um, so I brought Stephanie today to talk about one of her passions, um, besides cats. Uh, it's financial aid award letters and how scholarships can impact your financial aid package. So Stephanie, how are you today?
1: I'm good. Thank you, Beth, for having me. This is so exciting. Yeah, I cannot wait. <laughs> glad you got the snow day so that I yes. could
0: bug you. It is a very snowy day here in Kalamazoo. It is snowpocalypse Twenty. 20- K-19. 20K-19. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump in. Can you tell us, like, what exactly is an award letter? Like, what is
1: what is it? So an award letter is what financial aid offices at individual colleges and universities use to notify their potential or, like, current students um, what type of aid they're going to be awarded for the upcoming school year. Uh, go ahead. Uh,
0: is it like a real letter does it come in the mail or
1: yeah so a lot of times it does come in the mail um, sometimes it comes in the form of an email or sometimes the school just emails you and says hey your award letter is available online and you have to log into your student portal to take a look at it um, but I've seen a lot that come through like the physical mail like UPSS or mm-hmm. I said that wrong <laughs> okay um right. usps yes gotcha. usps yeah, yeah. um it mails right to your house and stuff like that so yeah okay um does it look okay here's a question
0: because i and i know a lot of my seniors and i'm sure when you're an advisor a lot of your seniors get a bunch of mail from colleges mm-hmm. does the financial aid award letter look <laughs> different in your in your you know kind of experience a lot different than some of the junk mail from colleges or should students and families really pay attention and read to see where that letter is coming from to make sure they don't throw away something important.
1: Yeah, so um, I encourage all my students and families to really pay attention to their mail no matter what. Um, But I do get that uh, once you become the college-looking age, um, Mm -hmm. you do get a lot of junk mail from universities. You get on their listserv or whatever, and they want to send you all the stuff. Um, But I'd say once you move forward with the school like you've taken some serious steps like you've applied to the school and you've done your FAFSA and you've sent that to that school that's what will trigger an award letter so usually it's coming from a school that you're kind of thinking about seriously like ready to go this is like one of the last steps um besides like preparing to actually move on to campus Mm -hmm. over the summer um so it won't look different uh you know on the outside envelope but it will probably say something to the tune of like this is very important please make sure to review it fully um and it will be from a school that you've probably had like some serious contact with okay so once you've done your fafsa
0: and you have sent that info in this if you've applied to a school and done the fafsa you're not getting junk mail from them you're getting important mail yes from them. definitely okay,
1: okay, cool. that's uh how you kind of signify to them that hey i'm interested in you and they're like oh let's uh Let's make sure the student gets their information.
0: Okay, so say you've applied to uh,
1: four schools,
0: right? You've got your target, your reach, and your safety schools. Mm -hmm. Um, Are all of those award letters going to look the same? No, so yeah.
1: Um, every school kind of has their own design, how they do it. Like I said earlier, some of them like to send you physical mail. Some of them were like, please check out online. They all have like their different form of like how they're going to display this type of information. And they do look a bit different, but generally they kind of follow the same tune. It starts, you know, with like a welcome message and they're like, hey, thanks for being interested. Like, we've got your FAFSA. Here's the information that that we've calculated based on that um, information. Um, And this is like important information for your financial aid and you must respond if you're interested, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then below all of that stuff, they'll kind of list out for you your award package what you're receiving essentially so it'll start to look like a bunch of numbers um and you really got to pay attention to what they're doing there they'll list things like your efc or your um estimated family contribution Mm -hmm. um they'll tell you what scholarships you have or what grants what loans all financial aid stuff will go onto one thing um and it'll also talk about the cost of attendance which is the estimated cost of how much the school expects it to cost an individual student to attend there. Um, And so they kind of do, like, their own math on that, on the board letter. So when you say, like, they do their own math, and, like, obviously
0: SVSU is going to cost a different amount than, Mm -hmm. like, GVSU. Yes. Battle of the Valleys there. Yeah, yeah. Um, But so they're going to show that different, too. Like, would – you say, like, the way they calculate those costs, like, are, let me think about how to word this. Will they take loans the same out of the, that total cost like they would at both schools? Does that make sense? Like, they would subtract things the same way or could it Um, work?
1: so it will be a little bit different because... As you mentioned, like every school is different and it costs a different amount. Mm-hmm. And also every school is working with a different budget and like a different amount of scholarships or a different amount of aid allocated for grants or whatnot. Um, and every school has a different cost of attendance. So when they're doing their calculations, they do their cost of attendance minus all the aid you're receiving and then also your EFC and then what is left over is what is expected to be paid outside of that or a lot of times they try to fill the package so that there is no leftover cost but that's Mm -hmm. included with like the loans um, and things like work study and Mm -hmm. that type of stuff too Um, so they will award different amounts for different things again like scholarships are different at every school so those will be different but depending on how much it costs to go to that individual school or how much aid you're receiving like gift aid from that school the loans might be different as well okay so
0: um you mentioned work study Mm -hmm. so um i don't know that we've talked about that a lot on this podcast before but work study is the opportunity to get a job on campus um it's not a done deal you don't get the money up front you have to work in a paycheck so work study it's Mm -hmm. you know uh Work aid, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only difference is is how the university has to pay you. You'll still make the same amount, but the government gives the university right some money to kind of subsidize that cost to yeah, an employee of paying you uh, a student who is eligible for work study. So, um, when you mentioned they put work study on the award letter, that's something, would you recommend leaving that in the calculations or is that something to watch out for? Yeah, so
1: when my students, I always prefer for them to bring their award letters into me. Um, one, because I ha- I work with like a lot of first-generation students and when they get those award letters, they're like, I need someone to interpret this, so like, I'm happy to do that for mm-hmm. them. Um, but also, so I can kind of explain to them what each individual aid is and how it works and how to access it. Um, and work study is one of those tricky things. Um, a lot of schools, unfortunately, I don't like that they do this. Put their work study um, allocated amounts onto their award letters and like calculate mm. it in there, which is kind of misbelieve misleading for some students because then they feel, oh, I'm being awarded this money. It's called work study. I don't know what that means, but like I'll have this like two thousand dollars. To pay for school, and that's not true. Um, like you mentioned, they it's like a regular job that is offered on campus. So the students have to apply, like regular, apply for the job, and then mm-hmm. do an interview and get the job and whatnot. So um, it's like working a part-time job and the federal government is paying for that student to have that job on that campus, um, but that's not money that they're gonna get upfront when the bill comes due. They have to earn it regularly. Um, it will be awarded to them through like their paycheck, mm-hmm. um, and then that's money that they can use for things like books or rent or food costs and things like that, um, but it's not necessarily money that they can just take right into the financial aid office on the first day and be like, here's my check. Um, They can use it to pay for their uh, tuition, Um, but, again, it's going to come in, like, the form of a regular biweekly paycheck. Okay, gotcha. Um, So that I feel like that's something,
0: like, you should, students and families and parents should be aware to, like, look out for work study. Mm -hmm. Are there any other things that pop up on financial aid award letters that you're like, you know, this can be
1: misleading? Um, You should watch out for that as well. Um, the other thing I think that kind of confuses families and students is the loans. Mm. Um, I know there's a lot um, out there about loans and a lot of like news articles and uh, stuff you hear from friends and families about how loans are bad and you take out serious debt and like you're never able to pay them back, right. um, which in some cases can be true for people, mm-hmm. but not all of them. And so I feel like I'm, like, battling the, what do you call it, the myth of loans mm. a lot with my um, students and families. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and so what I always tell them about loans is it's a last resort. Like, obviously, I don't want my students to be in debt. Like, let's try and get their college paid for through other means first, mm-hmm. and then loans come in when you need them. Okay. Um, now – the one tricky thing about loans on the award letter is that the governor or the school will tell you your full amount of loans you're eligible for um so the federal government has a limit of how much each student can take out in an individual year um and then the schools often show that on the award letter like this is the max amount that you can take out but what's stu- the subsidized and unsubsidized yep. right okay but what students don't necessarily understand is that you don't have to take out that full amount. So like say you're awarded for about $2,000. Um that's what you've been awarded for up to $2,000, but mm-hmm. you don't have to take all of that. So you just need like 500 to like pay for some books or something.
0: Uh-huh. So okay.
1: Yeah. Loans can be adjusted,
0: and they can be rejected, too. So when when families and, and parents and students are like, well, I don't want to do the FAFSA because I don't want to have to take out loans, there you go. You don't have to take out loans. Yeah. it can give you access to those grants and different scholarships. Yes. Um, or Michigan State Aid, like the Tuition Incentive Program or some of the other stuff that we talked about on the Scholarships Podcast. Yes. Um but you don't necessarily have to take out any loans, so you could fill out the FAFSA and never touch a federal loan, never touch mm-hmm. a private loan, which doesn't come from the FAFSA. Those are different things. Yep. But so that's loans are completely optional.
1: Yes, they you are. You can adjust them so they're lower amounts. You can adjust them so you don't take out any money. Um, you just can't make them go higher than what you're offered. <laughs> hey, there you go. Okay. Um, Parent Plus loans, yeah. Those are weird. Yeah, I've seen some schools who include the Parent PLUS loans on the award letter as well, so that also goes into the calculations, um, which, okay, fine, do that, but um, a little bit misleading. Um, And I've seen other schools that will... Uh, just put information at the bottom of the award letter about it. Just Mm -hmm. something that says, like, if you need some more money, there's this option, like, check it out here at this website or whatnot. Um, And so a Parent PLUS loan, for those of you who are not familiar, is a federal loan that parents can take out for their students to pay for their college. So this is a loan that will not be in your student's name. It will be in the parent's name. Um, and then the responsibility of the loan obviously falls on the parents and it cannot be transferred to the student eventually. Um, they have a bit of a higher interest rate than um, the regular student loans. And then they are all based on credit. So when you apply for them, they do a credit check, unlike the federal student loans, mm-hmm. where that's just based off of financial, or, I'm um, sorry, off of FAFA, FAFSA information. Okay. Um, but when a parent applies for a Parent PLUS loan, um, they do a credit check, and then the federal government decides, are you approved or not, and then they will give that information to you. Okay. So,
0: just a recap, subsidized and unsubsidized loans are student loans through the federal government they have a low fixed interest rate the biggest difference is that subsidized loans do not start accruing interest until you enter the payment period which is you have ended college whether that's graduation or you've had to um, drop out or you've dropped below half time Mm -hmm. unsubsidized loans again low fixed interest rate you don't have to pay them again until you are ended college So you've graduated or you've dropped out or you have dropped below half time Um, but they do start accruing uh interest from the moment you take them out those are both in the students names those are the students responsibilities parent plus loan Mm -hmm. is based off of credit Mm -hmm. it's in the parent's name it's Mm -hmm. the parent's job to pay that back it's their responsibility not the students Uh, whatever you work out at home is your own thing but it will start immediately after you take it out those payments right yes, like a regular yep. loan um and the interest rates a smidge higher yeah okay so say you apply for that you don't get accepted
1: <laughs> yeah so the government does do a bit of a nice offer if the parent does not get accepted for that loan their student will then be eligible for another remind me of it is it another... i think it's unsubsidized yes it's unsubsidized but how much is it is it two thousand I think maybe twenty five. Okay, so twenty five.
0: I think it depends on the school, or is it? We might have to fact check that.
1: We'll fact check that. Um, (laughs) um, but I think it's another two grand of um, unsubsidized loans that the student could receive instead of the parent plus loan. Okay. Um.
0: So we've thrown a lot of information out at you. What? What are some tips on calculating it, even if you're looking at three very different, four very different financial aid award letters? Like, what are your end-all, be-all tips on calculating what the cost is going to be?
1: Yeah, so I would do a little bit of my own research on uh or not my own i would do a little bit of my own calculations Mm -hmm. on how much college is going to cost for each individual family or student Um, and so how you can do that is um, find that cost of attendance for that particular college Um, And even with that, think about what they're calculating into that cost. So when they give you that grand total, you know, that big, scary grand total of like (laughs) $25,000 per semester or year or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, What they use to calculate that is, uh, one, the cost of tuition. Two, the cost of living on campus. um, So room and board. They also calculate in... A couple thousand dollars for miscellaneous stuff like uh, books and supplies, travel and transportation, those types of things. Um, So they use those three indicators of, on average, how much it costs the average student to go there. Um, And so you can kind of take money out of that like if you know that you're going to take only a certain amount of credits And that only costs like this amount use that for your calculation of how much it's going to cost Mm -hmm. If you know you're going to commute and you're not living on campus You can obviously take out the cost of how much it's going to cost for room and board Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing too, the miscellaneous charges is not necessarily something you'll be paying towards the school Mm -hmm. Um, so That is not due in your big grand total, you know, on the first week of school. You don't have to pay your cost of books or travel expenses to the school. So I usually kind of take out that money as well and let the families kind of decipher, okay, how are we going to budget for, you know, the cost of gas if my student's commuting or spending a little bit on books and whatnot. Um, So that can help reduce how much it's going to cost you. And then... At that point, what I suggest is looking at all your gift aid. So this is stuff that you don't have to repay back and doesn't Mm -hmm. come with strings attached. So that's your scholarships, um, your financial need grants or Mm -hmm. any other type of grant you're being awarded. Mm -hmm. Um, You can subtract that right out of your total cost. And then once you have that leftover number... Um, hopefully that's a bit of a smaller number for you to deal with Um, and then you can kind of decide okay are we gonna pay this upfront or are we gonna work with a payment plan with the school to pay it off or are we gonna take out some loans to help cover that um, for this semester and so on Um, so kind of do your own calculation on your own little notepad of paper Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, to figure out your real cost um, and how much if any, loans are you going to need at that point. Awesome. Um, so we did a little fact
0: check here, and uh, I see, I think it was semester-wise is what we were going with. Yeah. So years one and two, you get, if a parent is denied for the PLUS loan, mm-hmm. uh, for years one and two, so freshman and sophomore years, you get $4,000, wow. but that'd be about 2000 each semester.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I
0: was like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then year three and beyond, because... Uh, tuition goes up the more you go because there's yeah. lab fees etc um it's 5,000 so about 2,500 a semester so we were breaking it down in semesters I guess there I guess we go as yeah, yeah. To you, so <laughs> um I think my last question for you um and it's kind of a, a big weird one is you mentioned scholarships if you get them from outside like an institution or even from the institution itself um can getting a lot of scholarships impact the amount of aid that you get? I know that is a twisty-windy
1: answer. (laughs) Oh, my favorite thing. Um, So there is such a thing called award displacement, and this phenomenon (laughs) occurs um, when students are originally awarded um, some need-based grants or scholarships, Um, from calculations of their EFC on Mm -hmm. the FAFSA and whatnot, and the school's trying to cover their cost of attendance to attend there. Um, And then, say, the student gets a scholarship from, like, a community foundation. They enter an essay contest, and they're awarded some money for that, like, Mm -hmm. say, a grand or whatnot. Um, And so what happens a lot of time with those community uh, scholarships or outside sources from the school type of scholarships um is the provider of that scholarship oftentimes wants to send that money directly to the school um from their foundation. Mm-hmm. And so when the school receives that money, they're like, oh, this student now has a thousand dollars more being paid for their school. Mm-hmm. So now we can take a thousand dollars out of their award package. Um and Unfortunately, a lot of times that results in their need-based grants or other types of scholarships being reduced. Mm-hmm. And so then the amount of, if you think about it mathematically, the amount that they're being awarded isn't increasing by a grand; It's staying the same because okay. one scholarship went in and replaced the other, and now that other one is gone. Gotcha. Um, so that's unfortunate. Um, some schools I have seen... Um, very nicely will offset that by reducing loans. So they do allow that final cost to go down um, without taking away grants. But that's kind of like the rare situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And this unfortunately really happens to like a lot of students without them even noticing. Um, It even happened to like my boyfriend and he was kind of upset about that for a while. Um, And so we kind of explored the ups and downs of that um but ultimately there was nothing he could do like the school wasn't changing their policy so he just had to lose that money um which was unfortunate so it makes some students feel like well why would i put in the work to like earn this scholarship right if it's not going to help me in the end which is valid um but there are a few things this is like something in the field that not a lot of people are speaking about yet um, and not a lot of policy are reviewing yet. Um, so the things that we can do to kind of like fight this is make some noise about it. Um, bring this up to your financial aid advisors um, and speak with them about how you feel it's unfair. Um, make it aware to our policymakers um, and also your school counselors or your um, college advisors. Um, and then some, like, practical things you do if you, you are in this situation is you can um, try talking to the provider of the scholarship and asking if they would be comfortable with sending you the check. And so it doesn't get delivered directly to the school. That way you can take the check to the school yourself. And then it looks as if you are depositing that money from your own self. mm mm-hmm. um, so they can kind of work around it that way. Um, you can try to talk with your financial aid advisor at your individual school and let them know about the scenario and ask if it's possible for them to um, kind of finagle or like work around that with you as well. Um so, yeah, not a lot of promising solutions, but just kind of trying to bring awareness to that so that we can eventually, hopefully, one day change some policies mm-hmm. to take care of that situation. Absolutely. Um, and I think
0: talking to you know your counselor or your college advisor or your principal, um, a teacher, someone who has really strong ties in the community that your school is in, um, so they could talk to... The community scholarship providers yep. too. That way, it's not you know just, just you just you being like, hey, give me this money. Yeah, um, you know, having them back you up on that and being like, yeah, this is a, a real policy thing that impacts students, and um, can kind of be a, a a negative is a really great way to do it. Is is utilizing the community resources, um, and then yeah, as you're as you're older, you, you know, kind of come back and and pioneer that for younger students, whether they're siblings or cousins yep, or yep. just you know friends, family friends. So. Um, it's definitely a little bit tricky, but it's, we're happy to make sure that you're aware of it. Um, and I just think that more than likely community scholarship providers and other scholarship providers aren't aware of it either. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise I feel because they want that scholarship money to stack, right? Yeah. That's the whole reason for giving you the scholarship is to yep. help you pay and avoid loans. So if they're made aware of it, I'm sure they'll be happy to oblige. Uh, yeah. They'll definitely help out. Well, this is all the time that we have for today. Um our next podcast will actually be what's called a Tiny Talk and instead of focusing on the um nitty-gritty, you know, financial scholarship application essays uh, portions of um, the college going process. We're actually going to talk in the tiny talks about sort of the social cultural side. So, you know, what if my roommate is a terrible person, things (laughs) like that, how to join a club without it being all weird. Um, so we're going to talk about those things. They're going to be a bit shorter, about 10 to 15 minutes instead of 20 minutes to a half an hour. Um, but we hope that you can join us for that one. And as always, thanks for hanging out with me on College Talk. (laughs)